0: Are you guys ready? Yes,
1: sir. Hey, we started out this Old Testament study back in Joshua. Remember that? And uh, we saw that God um, brought them into their land and they conquered it for the most part. And then a generation after Joshua died, things went south. (laughs) uh, People actually got to the point where they didn't really um, know God. Uh, and that happened quickly. And then we have the period of the judges, and of course the theme of that is everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and every once in a while God would bring up somebody to deliver them, and then they would uh, be all grateful for that, and then what was the opposite of that would be next. And so that went on and on. And then we went into the book of Ruth, which actually is a continuation or part of Judges. Judges during the time of Judges, and of course, they left Israel and went down into uh, the land where uh, I guess they were supposed to have maybe a little more food. But we saw the tragedy there that happened uh, in in that family. But we see God's plan being... Uh, turning out in the way that he had in mind anyway. So, so do we know
2: who the judge was at that
1: time? Um, no. Nope. We don't even know what period it f- for sure it was, but it was pretty close to the end there because mm-hmm. you get, the, of uh, course, uh, Boaz and Ruth and then the descendants from there, so... You know, it might have been within the next hundred years. and then so next,
2: even after all of the falling away and doing
1: whatever was right in their own eyes, God had a remnant. That's right.
2: He's always had the remnant. was still a godly
1: man. So that's the idea, isn't it? Okay. So all, through all that, he continued. It. So I was thinking, what are we going to do next? Well, for Samuel. <laughs> because what time is this happening? During the time of the Judges. It only makes sense to continue on with that study. And so we see this Judges period is a time that people are away from God. And we'll see that here even in this study. Um, We'll see some things that are really close to being the things of God. But then there are other things that remind us of the book of Judges. (laughs) Judges. And so that's where we're at. God
2: graciously gives us problems. (laughs) Why would I
1: put that there? You know, we're going to dwell and dwell on this. (laughs) Christ comes back. We're going to try to get this right. God gives us problems graciously.
0: Graciously.
1: So that's kind of the idea of where we're at. We do see that God brings up an anointed one here now, and the hope is really coming because that is going Mm -hmm. to be. Samuel, he's going to be really the first prophet, and he's going to help bring the people back to knowing God in the way that the, they should. The story is going to start with Hannah, who had no children because her womb was closed by God. Hmm. Doesn't sound too surprising, does it? She prays for God's will, God blesses, Samuel is born, he's completely dedicated to God, and Israel needed him desperately. So he's a he's another deliverer. Uh, he's more than just a judge though. He's a man of God. A great man of God. A great prophet he is. And he sets it up for the first king. And of course you have to think of David who is coming. So it's getting close to that time. It's been pretty dark for that period of judges for 400 years or so and now... Uh, we get some light. So, let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening that we have. Thank you for the ones that have come out. And uh, as we look into your word, book of Samuel, may we be blessed in seeing how you work and how your people are to respond to you. We uh, pray that the Holy Spirit leads us into uh, truth that will change our own lives and uh, be able to look at Christ as... God in the way that we are to look. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Got you one right there, Avil. Yeah, there you go. We are in chapter 1 of Samuel. Now, I'm going to kind of treat it kind of the way that we already have done it. Um, We're not going to do verse by verse, and when you get into the Old Testament, that's kind of the way that I teach. Uh, Hopefully you've read... uh, ahead of time, but you had no idea that I was really going to do this. But, this is kind of the way like when we were in, even in uh, Judges, we sure went through that pretty quick, especially the last part. But a lot of it falls into place. You know the story. You start getting reminded. You go, oh yeah, so we'll read some verses here and there. We'll use a lot of correlating verses that uh, ties in with it throughout the rest of Scripture. Uh just to start it off, we'll take a few verses here just to um, catch us up with what is going on here, or remind us, I guess. Now, there was a certain man from uh, Ramatham, Zophim, from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, uh, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other one was Peninnah and Penana had children, but Hannah had no children. That pretty well sets the scene there, doesn't it? Um, just to get an idea here, this first part, God graciously gives us problems. Well, we got a problem right off the bat. What's the problem?
3: Polygamy. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, polygamy. And God set out that a man was to have one wife. One wife is to have one man. That's the way that it was done. And that was the way it was supposed to be done, but throughout Old Testament history, you don't see that always, do we? And we wonder, is that right? Was that what? Well, we see the consequences of it. No, it's absolutely wrong. But God is very, how can you say it, merciful and gracious? But I think as we read it, we don't have to have the law coming out and saying, "Well, you should have only one wife." It just—it's it, already kind of there anyway. The law hasn't come. You know, to a, at a certain point. Now, at this time, it has, of course, Moses and such. But leading up to that time, there wasn't a written law. But the law is written in the heart, anyway. Okay,
3: now going to so, bring up something, since polygamy came up. Do you know, there's poly- polygamy legally going on in Alaska.
1: In one, one of our states. states
4: in huh? Alaska. Like. No, it was necessarily hmm. You People just found it.
1: The, the no, state was allowed to do it, right? Is Actually, what you're saying? Each
4: state can
3: rule against it. That's why the Mormons moved out to Utah. Because right. Right. Uh, Missouri
4: didn't allow it. <laughs> didn't allow it.
3: And still doesn't about I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a long life. <laughs> <laughs> and you
4: see, you and you see what happens when they're
0: two. So, God, if you <laughs> don't know what happens, say anything. You can just yeah. try to see. Lord, play I'm play just, just asking for, for one. For yeah. Not two or three. I think Utah
1: has banned it since. Utah has. Yeah. Yeah. Utah has
3: banned it. Yeah. But it's
4: still
3: legal. Again. They still they do, still do, do it, it, but they
1: don't do yeah. it legally.
3: Do you know, one thing I
4: saw here, real quick, is you mentioned Elihu. Oh, right. Is this the same? They're no. The same that's different.
1: Yeah, really right. Yeah. Happened. That's been like uh, maybe close to uh, maybe but a thousand years. Carries, something like that. What's that?
4: By name carries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonder right. If that, like, yeah. I you know how they name their kids after yeah. you know, their kids, fathers or
1: forefathers. Right. Well, their names it has the names. name of God in it. L. You know, E E L.
4: Right. All their names, a lot of names
1: do. Meaning. Right.
4: It's not like, so. you know, we name our kids Joe, I mean it's just Joe. Well, it like they were questioning on John's name, John the Baptist. They were like, you don't have anybody in your family named John, and neither mm-hmm. does she. So um, why she? Yeah, so what are we naming him? Yeah. You have to write it down, John. That was, <laughs> that's why I, when it said like I thought maybe that same thing's going on here, but I don't know. We'll never know until we actually
1: Yeah, a lot of these names that are given here, we don't know really anything about them. They're there. They're real people. And they were part of this story and the way that it starts out. You know, sometimes we mistakenly think that good Christians, good Christians, don't have problems. You know, we see some people, they're smiling, looking happy. It seems like they just get a blessing all the time and everything just goes great for them. And we think they just have it all together. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. You ever you ever see people like that? (laughs) I am. Well, I'll tell you what. We wonder why we have problems and other people don't. Well, the secret is is yes, they do. They just may not show it, or you may not see it. But fact of the matter is. Uh, you know and there are some bible teachers that actually teach this that if you just learn the secret of the abundant life everything will go smooth for you the rest of your life and you don't have to have any struggles in your christian life life as a christian will be effortless and just go right along wouldn't
2: that be horrible <laughs> i mean
1: really would well, we sure wouldn't learn would we no.
2: This no, it's a learning pride. And we'd have
1: nothing to share. Yeah.
2: We'd have no empathy. Right. We wouldn't understand what other people were going
1: on. That would be horrible. Well, so you're just going on and on and on. We could come up with a ton of reasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think of the pride yeah. that we would have. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Just, I mean, you just. One thing after another.
4: those problems. not have been crucified. Well, and that's the
2: thing. When you look at all these old prophets and the disciples, and man, they had problems. If I don't no, no, have no, some no, of these problems, I'm be really left out. <laughs> they have issues. I'll give her I don't know how that health, wealth, gospel justifies any of that. We don't read it. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's
1: not scriptural, is it? does
2: not <laughs> anywhere.
1: <laughs> so anyway if you ever think that way it's not true
2: there's nobody
1: just has it all together and everything goes just smooth for them but it sure looks like it sometimes to some people but in first uh, Samuel here the first two chapters is you have Elkanah the husband he has two wives that we were talking about there the major source there is, is conflict in, in the family there they look like they are uh biblical people, believers they are. But um, due to these problems that we see right here, the two wives, and that is quite a problem. The tension is increased when one of the wives has many children quite blessed, right? It's a, it's a clear sign of God's blessing when you have children. I mean, it, that really was... No, that you're blessed when you have children. Well, what does that mean to the one who doesn't have children and wants children? I'm not blessed. I'm not blessed. You know, I just... God's not blessing me. But the thing is, we don't see what God has in mind there, and neither did she, but the thing is, is that Elkanah actually favored the wife that didn't have children. Now, a lot of times you think it would be the other way around. So let's read that a little bit. This verse 3. Now, this man would go up from his city yearly to worship. Don't you like this? This is during the time of the judges. And here are people going up to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And that's where the tabernacle's at. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, were priests to the Lord there. They're from the priestly family. Remember some of those priests? You know that we've seen you know some of the things that they did, and there was actually a Levite that was a priest for uh, a household. (laughs) Is a priest for hire. Now here we have a legitimate priest, and he has sons. Uh, Well, anyway, we'll see what happens later. But when the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters. So it's plurality there. Uh, sons and daughters, but to Hannah he would give a double portion for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had closed her womb. Now that's interesting. The Lord actually did it. Um, she's favored. Uh, Hannah is, right? By her husband. This led to jealousy of the one who had the children and a rivalry that they had between the two women. So when they would worship at the tabernacle, they'd go up there that once a year. They did that faithfully at the appointed time. And Elkanah tried to balance it off there a little bit. He, you know, he tried. There's, there's a rivalry there. It always is. It's going to be. Uh, but he gave double portions to Hannah. That's food. And the wife, uh, uh, she's the wife without children. The other one got blessings of, of food, but she got more. This only made things worse because Penina, she's one that has all the children, it's like she's saying, you got the food, but I've got the children. Right, there you go, Penny. <laughs> 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 Hannah would cry and Elkanah then would wring his hands and try to fight this off because there's a battle that's going to continue to go on. And he tried to comfort her and say, Am I not better to you than ten sons?
2: Well, Elkanah wasn't much of
1: a guy. Was that the statement to make?
2: Penanah didn't have those kids by herself. So, I mean, that doesn't make Hannah feel all that good either.
1: Exactly. And do you see her reply back to this? I mean, does that really make her happy when he says that? Sounds like the right thing to do. Sometimes you're better off not saying anything.
0: <laughs> and he's trying to make her fat. To add yeah. it on to all the programs, <laughs> right. Give her extra food. Well, thanks.
1: <laughs> so all she could think was, why doesn't God bless me with children? Why has He blessed this mean-spirited woman You know, above me? I mean, that's, that's the thought. Uh, verse 6 uh, her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Two verses in a row. I think we get the message there. The Lord closed her womb. He kept her, her, her from having. too
3: busy for that kind of
2: nonsense. <laughs>
1: There's
2: always time to gossip and lord it over somebody
4: else. This couple isn't that old. Like They're not old like...
1: No. Uh, she just, yeah, she's, uh, you know, she John could be Mary 25 right uh, at the time Mary around. Because they, they, they would start having children very early. Mm-hmm. Could be in the teens, mid teens or so. So, yeah. So her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her. Mean spirited she was. So she wept, would not eat. Then Elkanah her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you, you know, am I not better to you than ten sons? No answer. Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli so they've gone to Shiloh now. Here's the one said here thing, Eli the priest is there. She's uh, praying verse ten. She gently dis- distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, If you'll indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And a razor shall never come on his head. We already know about the Nazarite vow. She's dedicating him entirely to the Lord. As soon as he's weaned, could be four, three, four, five years old, Sometimes it would, it would be that far, and then they would. She, they, she she's going to turn him did over. It did she <laughs> started
3: practicing Nazarite vows at that point? Also herself. Uh, no, for for him. For him, but I mean, because like, uh, like Samson. Samson, do, yeah. Yeah. Samson yeah. Like Samson's and mom, and mom was lying. told to right. start doing all, or all away. this stuff before she even got pregnant. Right. So do you think maybe Hannah started that at this time also?
1: It. it could be, I, yeah. I, I hadn't even thought about that.
4: I mean, does the Nazarite vow, does that really involve the mother not doing any of those things? So that seemed like a specific request? Is the Nazarite vow just Devoting your child to the Lord and not cutting their hair, a, or is it it's, on top it's a
0: dietary of... dietary and everything else. Yeah, there's a lot
4: of... Like, that. even while in the womb, that, that whole thing is the
0: process. Yeah, it's almost like... That's what Samson's yeah, Sam like, <clears throat> mom had to do. God told
4: her. To mm-hmm. Start mm-hmm. Start
1: would, it, would that be the same as w- pregnant ladies are not supposed to drink alcohol? Mm-hmm. And... You know, whether the grape juice, whether that wine is like a grape juice, which was most common anyway, uh, or, you know, did she entirely, well, we then don't now, know.
2: Well, women that get pregnant take vitamins, and at that time they probably had a special diet.
1: Probably so, yeah. But
0: there were others who uh,
3: became Nazarites just by their own choice. Right, right, right. right. So, that and only for a time, yeah.
1: Yeah, and in this sense that he's being set totally apart here, <laughs> consecrated. By the way, you know what Hannah's name means? Mm-hmm.
0: Grace. Mm-hmm. What's ruby. the other one's name? Grace.
2: Mean? Ruby. Ruby. <laughs> Seriously,
4: what
1: is <does> the <laughs> other, other name? Wrong
2: mean? With a ruby. ruby? Nothing wrong with a ruby. Mm-hmm. Nothing.
1: So. <laughs> well, yeah. she was
2: a. She was
0: a poker. So she she's probably redheaded or something.
1: Ruby red <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh.
1: <laughs> okay so that lord closed her womb I want to stay on that for a moment God is the ultimate sovereign right over our problems she had a problem she wanted children she couldn't have was it wrong to have children uh, to want to have children no not at all uh you can't is, is it wrong for some you know people to desire a husband or a wife? Nope. No. No, that's mm-hmm. a natural thing. Unless you've but, been
0: married before and divorced, some
1: would say. So,
0: yeah. well. some would
1: say. <laughs> so the Lord kills and He brings low. Now, where did that come from? Well, I'm going right to skip there. over in chapter 2,
0: <laughs> <laughs> verse 6. i not there yet. Yeah, like, uh, have you been drinking?
1: Verse six and seven: The Lord kills and makes alive; He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich; He brings low, He also exalts. Anybody have a problem with that? Well, people that don't like God would have a big problem with that. Matter of fact, people who would say they love God would say they don't agree with that, right?
2: What kind of God is that?
1: Yeah, He's not. He's not. I'm not centered in that kind of realm. He makes them poor. He makes them rich. He, makes, he rises up people to be leaders and tears them down. Well, God can do that. He is sovereign. Uh, what about we must not only accept good from God, but also adversity? Where does that come from? Job. Job. First couple of chapters there, right? Job chapter 2, verse 10. Right? We don't think that God gives us problems. God wouldn't give us problems. So we say, God allowed the problem. Well, to a sense, yeah, He allows. But people don't like to say, well, He caused that when adversity really happens. Will you ever hear anybody say He caused that? It could
2: be that He didn't cause it. It could be Satan sent that.
1: But... Yes, or it could be, but you but keep going with that, to, well, like right, the Book of Job. Right. Yeah, right. but I mean, you know,
2: I mean, sometimes, like in this, Satan don't have anything to do with this. Some
1: t- sometimes, sometimes it's, it's direct, and other times it is through other means.
2: So the bottom line is, is that no matter where it comes from,
1: ultimately <laughs> it's coming from Him, and you go, okay, well, that's good. Because if it comes from the devil and God didn't know about it or couldn't do anything about it, then we have to be worrying. (laughs) But that's not true. Uh, Even if God allows a natural disaster, to say, to kill little children or to kill a family's children, like in the case of Job, we need to join Job in affirming that we must not only accept good from God, but also... Adversity. So, we got to recognize that our problems really come from God's gracious, loving hand. Because He knows what He's doing. So, every, you know what? We can say it like this. Whatever you're going through, and every one of us here has different things we're going through right now. Some of it's really obvious, some of it's not. But there's things, you know? And... When you know that God's loving hand is right in on it, boy, you can really take comfort in that though, you know? A sovereign God. How can a good God allow a child to die? Why would he cause a child to die? God is sovereign over tragedies. Sounds, you usually don't talk about these things because people don't want to talk about it. Well, the weather's bad today. But boy, when it's good, look what God gave us yeah, here no, today. Us, uh, <laughs> but when it's bad, God didn't do that. <laughs> right. The devil did it.
0: Devil. <laughs>
1: uh, but who's to say that's really bad? Because if we don't get the rain, then we're going to dry up, right? right. So we are short-sighted. Inches
2: of snow, that's awesome for the government. That's why Michigan looks so great. Because... Why do they have those tall trees up there? The ground. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. It sure is. That yeah. eye yeah. is pretty <laughs> over the <laughs> right. trees. And if the you don't like it there,
1: then you can move.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you got the hills
0: of Missouri that you
2: slide down. God, I like what you do there. That, that's we were going to place in Michigan and somebody said something about, oh, we were coming home from the U.P., it's really hilly there, and they
3: were
4: saying, "Oh, this is really pretty." <laughs>
2: and
1: then I said, "Yeah," but I say, I "See this all the time. I like it down <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, Isaiah forty-five seven, the one forming light and creating darkness. That's God. He gives light. He gives darkness, causing well-being. And look at this creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these. (laughs) Now, he might have agents that wind up doing it, and God never causes anybody to sin. He never tempts anyone. But he sends what is light and dark, what is well-being or good, or you have chaos and calamity. But I'm the Lord who does all these. It's never outside of His will. Exodus chapter four, verse eleven. Somehow we got into the sovereignty of God, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Boy, it's good, isn't it? Comforting, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Great. Where are we going now?
4: Exodus
1: four, eleven. The Lord said to him, "Who has made man's mouth?" He's talking to Moses here. Moses, I can't talk. I stand still. (laughs) <laughs> who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? What? He doesn't make people blind. What kind of a God is that?
2: Oh, and then the, the guy in, in the New Testament. Well,
1: the, the, he was yeah, John Nine. Who
2: who sinned and caused this guy's blindness? Right. And Jesus said, "This is that." He was born for this to here. right now. Here.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. something. We don't, but nobody sees that. We're humans, he, and we're looking at a little bit of God's view, but it's hard to really get. And we can we can believe it, and you should believe it. That's absolute sovereignty. Either he's absolute sovereign or he's not sovereign at all. It's one or the other. But a lot of people like to take him. He's pretty well sovereign.
4: But not in everything.
1: Not in the most important thing in salvation. He's not sovereign. It's up to us to make the decision. Oh, we're in trouble if that's the case. He wouldn't do that. But if he does, where do they go? A
2: little
1: better than here. Okay, well, uh, different ways of looking at things here, isn't it? And of course we have Job 1 and 2. Job is a great book, isn't it? I think it's one of your favorite books, isn't it, Vell? it
4: is. Does
1: it describe a lot of things to you? Does it bring a lot of meaning?
4: And it brings a whole lot of uh, God's wisdom, power, and His glory, especially in the ending chapters. (laughs) comfort. So, yeah, it's, it's good to know all those things about the Lord. You know, when He Himself speaks specifically it's i feel like it's different than when he uses you know somebody to speak through you know i mean he uses everybody in his word to speak through but right. when he's in christ and christ speaks then those words weigh a lot heavier on me than you know if the apostles speak but even those words weigh really heavy but if there's ever conflict between what this apostle said and that <laughs> apostle said then the Apostle says, don't we all come from Christ as all of our foundation not in Him? So it's like if there's ever any conflict between you know, God's Word, you can always go back to what Jesus said. And it's just, you know, it makes a lot of confusing things clear.
1: Yeah, really, um, especially in the time that we live in. Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: Of course, we are talking about the health, wealth of the Gospel. You know, and what do they do with Job? Well, I'll tell you what they do with Job. They'll say, well, Job let down his defense. Really? Did I see that in scripture?
2: And so did Nehemiah, and so did Jeremiah. And so <laughs> oh, he, la, la,
1: la.
2: Every, every one of them. Because. I mean, come on. Look at this. Not really She's given up her son. He's just a baby. Nice. What is he going through? Mom's leaving and he's staying. You gotta be kidding me.
4: Yeah.
2: I'm thinking yeah. This must have been traumatic for both of them. What a deal! I'm
4: saying, you she know, just not and have a baby.
2: she is
4: willing to give him up. Well,
2: I mean, but
4: I mean, for the good.
2: She, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously we
4: got planned. but you know, I mean, can you imagine when she actually got pregnant? And
1: then she was like, uh, "I have to like commit to my vow." No, <laughs> She stuck this with it. This was not didn't she? easy. No, I mean, this you is can real. read
2: this little story, and it just sounds like a little story, but this was not easy.
1: Your mothers can feel this that, can't not you? Easy. you know, even for dads, I mean, you know,
2: well, he had other kids, at but least, she at least understood what she was doing. Yeah, he didn't.
1: We know she gets other kids, but she doesn't know that at the time. She doesn't know she's going to get any more. For all it's worth, he might be the only one. So.
2: Well, My heart breaks for for him because he had no idea what was going on. Mom just drops him off to his old, Eli, really? (laughs) He didn't seem to be too... No, I know it. I know hand. it. The
0: so, <laughs> Lord had the Lord was with him <sighs> the whole
2: time. This is a hard story. This was really hard. This was hard.
1: Well,
4: I'm not sure they talked about it. I mean, it was, this was was probably like four when he went
0: up. I I would imagine because of who Samuel turned out to be, it was did that the Lord was always giving him that inner.
2: So the inner understanding as well like and if, you know if you don't go through hardship you don't get it right. you know I mean what he went through shaped his life mm-hmm. but this is hard well
1: you know what and God never said it was going to be easy yeah, right. he didn't problems are God's gracious way of <laughs> teaching us, to seek him in a deeper way than we would if everything was just going right. In Peninnah's case, she wasn't seeking God like Hannah was. Mm-hmm. Hannah's problem, you know, uh led to Hannah's prayer. Mm-hmm. So but the Peninnah, she didn't she, she didn't have a need. You know, she's plopping out she the babies left and right. Didn't
2: <laughs> right. She thinks
4: think
1: she had a need. <laughs> yeah, right. She does have the yeah, need. she does. So, so
4: mean, mean lady. Right, so mean. mean. Yeah, mean. Very, very mean. mean. Yeah, like, Obviously, her life wasn't perfect. Yeah, uh, she was. She, was she wouldn't be so mean if she was happy.
1: So evidently, she's not, not happy.
0: so happy. Like she noticed either. her husband gave somebody else a favor and she's helping out. good. yeah. So it's probably jealousy. Well, was
2: no, he wasn't giving He's all the favor to so, Well. Uh,
1: now we read that uh, we read that prayer she prays she makes a vow Um, God is not exempting her from suffering here but obviously Hannah is the more godly that we see in this story don't we see that so what we do with our problems is what Hannah did she took her problem and took it into prayer. She takes it to the Lord. So number two, we take our problems to God in prayer. Hannah could have become angry with God. Do people become angry with God oh. when they don't get what they want? Have we ever done that? Oh. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, she she could have become bitter with Elkanah her husband and become bitter especially with Peninnah. She's sick. The Lord. <laughs> today she could have gone to a therapist uh, That you know they say let all your rage out you know you get mad just show it and let it out that only makes it worse I feel
2: like, are there any, any
3: I hate to say it, are there any Christian therapists that don't teach people to like
1: vent Vent? yeah I know
3: one therapist we were supposed to be slow to anger, but one therapist will go take a bat and
2: beat on a tree. Yeah. I mean that's like they're telling people. No, a good Christian therapist would never tell people to Keep let up. your rage go. You yeah, should a Somebody, Somebody who's so
1: following Scripture. I know. Will give you scripture.
2: Personally, if I get mad and I start working, talking, mad and being mad, and makes it worse, mad, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have a terrible temper. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's never a good idea. So. There are lots of ways to deal with it, and that, of course, is the best. Yep. Is prayer.
3: Prayer. But why, I guess, if you're not a Christian, why would you. Is that what they're teaching in the schools to therapists? Is to help people with their anger, is to tell them to find a way to vent it?
2: I don't know what they're teaching kids. I mean, if you're telling kids. To vent their rage. Well, then that explains bullying. Yeah. That explains the the violence that you see in schools. The rioting.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? If they're not teaching things out of Scripture, you if you're not bound by this, I see every institution that really has been corrupted since we have totally gotten away from God and the Word of God. And everything is corrupted. Look at, look at the colleges. There is hardly any universities that I would want any child of mine to ever go to because they corrupt their minds. But you know what? They've already been corrupted through 12, 13, 14, 15 years before that.
2: Um
1: you know we're talking we're talking every institution if they don't give to truth they're going to distort everything so grade school uh you know uh, or even before that nurse, nursery school yeah. what have you everything is wrong almost everything is it's gotten so corrupt that's why we're at today where we're at uh you know what they say they want to close the schools well actually politically I don't really want them to in that sense, but in another sense, you know what? Good. They need to get away from those teachers because now, you know there are parents that are actually honing in every once in a while yes, and they see that teacher yes. on the, the internet hate it. and they find out what yeah. they're telling them. Yeah. I don't want my kids to go to school. I don't want them to go to college. I don't want them to go out in any place that is teaching something. Is it something that's based on God's truth? Of course, they're not always going to do what we're doing. What we're doing is the best thing we can do. Get directly into God's Word. You can't always do that with every subject, but even in history, you can bring out see how God worked in this, this historical situation. It doesn't have to be from the Bible. But it, I think it affects everything. Mm-hmm. So okay, like we're picking on the profession you were in, but you saw that you could take principles that they had and then make the word of God work it. right. I
2: wasn't able to say I got it from scripture, but you can. There's a lot that you can do. You
1: don't have to, you know. Yeah, and common sense. Yeah, common sense goes right along with absolute truth. Well, you know what? We're talking about. Uh, therapy, you, you say, remember the codependent thing? We had books coming into our store that, you know, I'd go, oh, there's another one of those codependent books. Oh, no. You know, and, and you need to get, you need to set boundaries. You know, well, there's some truths to those, but to be, but you know, lost you in that, that sense. What it sound like
2: was, it's my fault, you're a drunk.
1: There we go. There we go. Uh,
2: no, yeah. it's your fault you're a drunk. I, right. You know, that's just. I hated that guy. That
1: you're enabling your husband enabled. and enabling your wife. and uh, then You need not, to learn to love yourself. You're
2: not supposed to gripe at him, but you're not <laughs> What exactly are you supposed to do then? Yeah, no.
1: Yeah. And there's truth to these things in a sense. But they go so far, and then you need to look out for your own needs. Don't even worry about them, you know. And, and then, oh, hey, we need to get you started on Prozac, you know. So God is our refuge and our strength. Psalm 46.1. Luther wrote that great hymn. A mighty fortress is our God, based on that verse right there. He's our refuge. Here's our strength. He's the one we go to, he's where we get our truth. So Hannah poured out her soul to God in that part of the prayer that we read there. She's drawing near. she's depending upon God. she went to the right person. Hannah did just didn't just pray for a son though. she would dedicate him totally to the Lord. That's something that meant she's dedicating her son to God as a Nazarite, one who would be separated to serve God. Well let's go to part three. We should pray for God's purpose. Why do we really pray for God's purpose? So that God would get glorified. That's really why we pray. Jesus said that we are to pray for our daily bread. Right? No problem with that. For our needs, we are to pray. Because what it does, it's, it tells us we're totally dependent on Him. There isn't anything that I can get without Him. So, nothing wrong with that, but before that, it's your kingdom come, your will be done. So, the purpose of prayer is not to solve all of our problems so that we can live happy. Oh, boy, are we in it now. What's that? Happy. At ease. Comfortable. Trouble-free, self-centered lives. That's not why we pray.
4: He doesn't want us being like the (laughs) Moabites. We have that luxurious living all the time. (laughs) No worries, no droughts.
1: Things are going good that way. (laughs) For a while.
4: He says we need to be refined like gold.
1: So what he does
4: like wheat, which sucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: it really makes you dependent like, on him, doesn't it?
4: Refiner's yeah, because you're like, Lord, I know I'm going through this thing. Oh. And you know, I've been merciful to me up until this point. So you're gonna be merciful through all of this? It just sucks.
1: Do you know what unbelievers do though? They run. They a After a while they say, I've had enough. If this is what Christianity's about, I'm done. The cost is too much. Which
4: doesn't make sense because it's like you're still going to go through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you're still going to go through it. You're you can either, either or rebel. rebel. through it alone. I think that's uh, the they thing. They think that they won't have to go through it. Yeah. So yeah. You're, going to, you're going to go through it and there's a good chance you're going to make it worse. Because <laughs> you're like, that's it. I'm rebelling against God. And he's like, well, you're not going to get very far.
1: You're going to get far, but in the wrong direction. This is deep. This is deep stuff, folks. This is, what, this is where it's at. This is the Christian life. Hannah was a believer. Just... Like us who believe in God's Word. She was just like that. She was radical compared to what we have seen in the book of Judges. Every man did what was right in their own eyes. And that's basically what we see with the, the priest and his sons. And a lot of people are there. I mean, she was totally radical. Look in chapter 2, verse 22. Here is the religious institution. Now Eli was very old and he heard all that his sons were doing to all Israel and how they lay with the women who served at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He said to them, why do you do such things, the evil things that I hear from all these people? No, my sons, for the report is not good, which I hear the Lord's people circulating. If one man sins against another, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? but they would not listen to the voice of their father for the Lord desired to put them to death. So, there's these boys who are, you know, they're they're doing their priestly job, priestly duty. Hannah, I mean, they're coming, that is right at the religion, right at the heart of where the religion is at. There's those two. Hannah understands God's purpose to raise up, an anointed one. Now, you know, what she knows about David and such, and then, then finally, Jesus is, you know, limited, but Samuel anointed David the king. And from David came God's true anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus. And so, in that same line, this is how important Samuel This is the part Hannah played in that. So she prayed for God's great, greater purpose. I guess you could say, look in 1 Samuel 2.21. The Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And the boy, Samuel, grew before the Lord. That's something. This was after she had dedicated him and turned him over at the temple with Eli, and then she has then three sons, two daughters, as Samuel grows up to be a man of God who anoints David. She must have been
4: really happy at that moment. I bet, I bet who was really happy? The
3: husband. He's like, finally. Yeah. <laughs> she's got kids around, yeah. now she'll quit. I <laughs> going Catholics teach that Mary had no other kids. Jesus was her only child. And it's like uh, yeah, the Lord's got to bless a woman who's done His will
2: with no more children. Nah. Well, and they kind of tell you that Jesus had some
3: brothers. Oh right? yeah, and I took them to the Scriptures and yeah. stuff. And scriptures I came up, are they and I came up at home and stuff. And, and of course I had two brother-in-laws that were Lutherans and they didn't
2: Go with that. Did of course I either? just want to say I had five boys and I said, God, please quit blessing me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't bless me
1: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My quiver is, full. Oh, my quiver is full. <laughs> Well, you know what? You can never give more to God than He gives back to you oh, in some form or another. Can you imagine, as you guys were already talking about earlier, Hannah's feelings here? But she had to give her little boy. And then before her
3: prayer. I mean, at the, the tabernacle. Even if she
4: gave him up, she didn't forget him because she made
2: him a new coat every yeah. year. Yeah. 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 No. Then, it took it to the every hmm. year. I must have shown him, like, him. Oh, but don't you know she wanted to grab mm-hmm. him and take him home? Don't you know it? Yeah. <laughs> every <laughs> oh, year. Oh, baby. Oh, no. But
1: she had it in... What do you, what do you have there, Audrey?
0: It was off topic. I was just wondering about <laughs> Eli, the priest,
3: he was a Levite, I assume. Mm-hmm. He was a priest. Yeah. Samuel is not a Levite. He was so a e, uh, is what my Bible says, but I think you said Ephraimite. Ephraim. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the same thing. So right. which, which thing. tribe is that then? Ephraim. It, yeah. That would be, uh, what was their dad's name?
2: Ephraim and Manasseh. Mm. Manasseh. Wasn't it? Or am I confused? It's I think it would have had to have
4: been
3: but like a very. No? Ephraim, isn't that your Bethlehem area? He
4: was never going to be hers. Right. Well, Ephraim. And he was a weird one anyway. It was Bethlehem. <laughs> it had to be different. I'm just it,
0: it's like he was raised up. But he wasn't actually a Levite, but he was a Levite. I guess they accepted him. See, I said it was off
2: topic. That was just... It's okay. Samuel's not a priest. He's a prophet. Well, he's... he's, he's is that a priest?
1: In, in yeah, prophet.
2: he's not. Yeah, he's not a priest. He's a prophet. He's not a priest. Oh, Okay. He's raised by the priest. He's right. raised by the priest, but he's a prophet. That's yeah. right. I thought maybe he took the place
0: of the, the boys that Eli had. Well, <laughs> the worthless fellows.
4: <laughs> um, I mean, sons. I don't know who took their place after Eli and the kids died.
0: I don't think they all died. needed to be taken. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. the tabernacle was taken shortly after they died. And so there wasn't really a whole lot of So Samuel was just one <laughs> of the...
0: Just a big,
1: just a a prophet. Okay, you're right. You're right. He was prophet, but he was raised by the priest. So that helps, right? All right. Good. So, and he helped. You know, he helped serve there. You know, which he could very well do. He learned the things of God, (laughs) the depths of God. You know, what sacrifice was all about, Mm -hmm. and that was pointing to the Anointed One, the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And then, so he had a real good view of what this was all about as he grew up there. If...
3: So he saw the good and the bad. So Eli was a good priest. Right? Um, right.
4: But he his son
1: He's okay. He didn't raise him. his sons right. I think he, he tried like to him. do right. And he knew they were doing wrong here. The thing is, he just kind of let them keep on doing it. Yeah. Yeah. God says that's enough. He takes them out. God does rebuke him
4: for not disciplining his children. Exactly. So he, takes all of them he didn't
1: them raise them up right, did he? Up. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't. Anyway. So, does it sound right that God gives us problems so that we will pray in accordance with His purpose? God gives us problems.
2: Well, I went that part you were reading about. Um, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death.
4: Yeah.
2: Really. What and, kind of God is that? Yeah. <laughs> A merciful Lord. Yeah.
4: You're talking about the two
2: boys right yeah, here, right? Yeah, yeah. you, know? you got to remember yeah. that these
4: kids were in charge of their father's father, side that if you right? sin against the Lord, who is right. there to intercede for you? And but I'm just saying, the way that's. At the temple, with the ladies, and the way all that's the rest worded, there, there are some done. people that would really get upset with like that. Hard to I mean, imagine. You know, yeah. he's like, that's that's pretty big. Like if they were, if they weren't Levites or if they weren't priests, and they were like you know taking the women and that still would be trying enough. to sleep with them, yeah. then I don't think that it would still be a big deal. But I think that they would just be sitting in the flesh, not against the Lord. Whereas they're Levites and they're priests, and they're taking advantage of these women in the presence of the tabernacle. That's a pretty big deal.
2: Yeah.
4: I think that that elevates that. there's a lot of pastors
3: that do that kind of stuff to this day. So, yeah, so
4: I think you're right.
3: I got a question then when we're talking about all this. So then in, in chap- verse 35 of chapter 2, that I raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is my heart and in my mind. Is he talking about Jesus Christ there?
1: I think that's probably we're getting to the priest of all the priests, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some some even will say that the priest there is Samuel, but uh, not really. I think it's better to. And really, there is a priest that's by the name of Zadok, and he was in the priestly office in the time of Solomon. So, and it might be pointing to that. A lot of writers will lend support to that. In um, if you want to write these down, look them up later in
2: well, First was...
1: Kings one seven and eight two twenty six, twenty seven, and thirty-five, so chapter one and chapter two, first Kings, it reestablished the office of high priest in the line that was Eliezer, okay, and Phineas that came out of Numbers twenty five. So that line got us reestablished in the way that it would be. So he represented that line in a so, in a good so that's priest.
2: The yeah. That- yeah. Okay, and if you look at the end of that, it says, and I will build him a sure house, and he shall go in and out before my anointed. That's a different
0: thing. That's one of your sons.
1: It is.
2: <laughs>
4: okay. Which kind of so, leads never to what this. you're saying, right?
2: Right. Because he'll go in and out before my anointed forever.
4: Forever. <laughs> so, are we depending I
1: mean, whether he's a priest I'm, or a prophet? Well, and Who's that? Samuel. Uh, Samuel's the prophet. prophet. No. Now, you know, some would say that you know he was, but I don't. I don't see that anywhere that he really plays the part of a priest. Mm-hmm. But he is definitely a prophet. You know, he leads the people back into you know the godly ways in in. in a lot of
0: He was there, someone's. I think he was there, was to learn the readings and the scriptures and stuff
2: like that about the Messiah.
0: Yeah, surely, that, that people, like education. Priest, that's education.
2: That's like education. They're not talking about Samuel there. Right,
1: yeah. It's, it's like, about, yeah. Because
2: he's talking about, mm. he, he'll go in and out before my anointed forever.
1: So here's, here's priests like Hophni and Phinehas, and then he says, I'm going to bring up, you know, right. back getting it back to the way that it really ought to be right. you know, and back into that, that line. And I think that would probably be more correct. Uh, so that if
4: you're a prophet, Zadok. can you not be a
1: priest? You, you have three offices. You're a prophet, you're a prophet. If you're a priest, you're a priest. If you're a king, you're a king. A king could not do priestly duties. And he when they did... did yes, Saul, Saul tried. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He tried.
0: Yeah. And he got right. burned
4: for that. Yeah. Exactly. That's alive.
0: why I think to look at Samuels, he was actually almost like a uh, slave to the to the priest. Yeah. That's really what he was sold into.
4: It's like a substitute teacher. Well. <laughs> that's how he got his anointing.
0: But that's what he was to be around though though, so he had the opportunity to the priests and all the readings and everything else like that. He was all to be involved in that, but he was like a servant boy is really what he was. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, but then he gained, they didn't know it, but he, you know, his that's I think it wasn't uncommon though for them back then to have people that that they would dedicate their children to serve at the temple and stuff like that because they did need them to help with the work, everything needs to be going on there. So.
1: So, as we look at this, the problems can be there, but God is trying to steer those problems. For us to seek him out, you know, and uh, there was a writer here, Annabelle. I'm not aiming anything at you, but or a lot of young people who, you know, who let's say would like to be to be married. He says perhaps you're single and praying for a mate. Okay, they should be praying for that mate, right? He says a godly mate is a wonderful gift, right? It comes from God. But also pray that God, as you take this story here, would give you not only a mate and not that you would be just to be happy, although that is part of it, but you're not getting married to be just happy, but that the two can serve God in some capacity. That, and so that's the way I would counsel anybody that would be getting married. The only reason, or the biggest reason, it's not the only reason, the biggest reason why you're getting married is that the two of you now can serve the Lord together. That is really where you want to go. So the reason I say that, you might know other young people or older people that are really desiring to get married. And there's a lot of Christians who, you know, Christian young men who want to get married, but they can't find any. Christian young ladies, and then vice versa, though, there are young Christian women that would like a, a Christian man and they can't find them and and few there be that find it, you know they're not out there. you know it's like, wow, I wish I could point you to somebody. I don't know any. you know it's like pray. And the Lord can yeah. do that. but, but here's them. where the Lord comes in and, and what's the real purpose so that we can both serve you? We'll consecrate ourselves, we'll turn ourselves over to you totally, so you can just use us however you want. So it's now a lot better than say, so I can be happy. It's not about being happy, but it's about serving the Lord, which means that's where you are happy and joyful. Anyway, that's what a writer said, and I said, that was really good. I hadn't, hadn't, well, I have thought of it that way. I've counseled that way. You guys have thought of that, you know, and I've seen, you know, couples get together when they were very solid and sound, and, and it was a blessing to see that. But anyway, um, number four, God's answer should lead us to praise Him. What does she do? Well, in chapter 2, 1 through 10, we're going to read this pretty quickly here, but this is praise. She says this She prayed, she said, My heart exults in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. That's where she starts. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you. Nor is there any rock like our God. It sounds like she's borrowing a lot, doesn't she? Yeah. And then there's a lot of Psalms that come later, written by David. Sounds like this too. Boast no more so very proudly, do not let arrogance come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and with Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are shattered, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren gives birth to seven but she who has many children languishes. She knew that, didn't she? The Lord kills, makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with Nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And He set the world on them. He keeps the feet of His godly ones, but the wicked ones are silenced in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them He will thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth and He'll give strength to His King and will exalt the horn of His anointed. Does she know the Lord? Wow! She knew God. That's why she prayed and did what she did to give her son over. She kept her promise. She burst out in praise. God helps those who... Help
3: themselves. (laughs) who
1: are helpless. (laughs) We've all heard that. They say it's in Scripture somewhere. God helps those who help themselves. No, He doesn't.
0: It's the other way around.
1: She (laughs) called out to Him because she was helpless. And she meant it so much that she was willing to give up everything that He gave her. You cannot give God, though. Hannah didn't... uh, did not learn this from the religious establishment. That's right. Eli thought she was drunk.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: She's praying. Why couldn't he figure that out? Have you guys ever asked that? What's his problem? He had seen what he, saw was he didn't see it too often. Yeah. yeah.
4: He didn't see it too often, he, did he? He, he probably when he saw like not. what you see today with these whole speaking tongues? People. Well, he, <laughs> <Yeah>. he Probably. <laughs> Carol probably. Just right. just he probably. Quiet see that in a place. Just, yeah. Going off
1: in her heart.
4: There wasn't that was many like...
0: people there. That really and, what,
1: and you're saying also that people didn't really come there praying very oh, much, did he? Like that. Oh, there's somebody. What are they well, doing? I mean, yeah, if you
3: read part of that, because of what Eli's sons were doing, they, right. they hated to even come because right. it was
1: so corrupt. You know? Ah, very interesting. Yeah, who would want to go there? No
4: women. <laughs> well. Uh... No, those were the women
1: that were working. They there. knew what he, they, those guys were up to. They not... You know what? The whole nation... She was blessed, wasn't she? But the whole nation was blessed because of her problem and her <laughs> prayer for God's will. You know what? We, she didn't see that. How did she bless the nation? Samuel. Samuel then later anoints David. Wow, you know what? God is still looking for I men and women. She
2: was still alive then. And I wonder. thought at that time, I was wow, like, wow, that was my that's my son. son. Mm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> my she Lord. said, "There's the Lord's gift. <laughs> well, you know, it it words are really strange in my Bible here. It's uh, um, she when she was talking to Eli, the Lord granted my petition. That I made him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord.
4: Hmm. Well, I, mean, really. I always
2: felt like my boys were lent to me. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you know? Probably has a different kind of comment, but that well, sounds. I wonder kind if
2: that's good. even a good word. To I think answer. it's putting
1: it a human way. You know, okay. I, yeah. But yeah, He lends them out to us, doesn't He? For a little little while, while. not very long. long. They grow up quick, boom, they're gone. (laughs) You know what? God is still looking for men and women like Hannah. People with problems. (laughs) 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 He doesn't have any problem finding those, does He? But they're the ones who take their problems to God in prayer according to His purpose for His glory and to get the praise. So we need to apply this to our personal problems, but not only to personal problems. How about the problems of the church?
0: The, society, the, country,
1: the church? the church, the the country, everything around us. So this mother who gave away her son teaches us this. God gives us problems so that we'll pray according to His purpose resulting in and praise to Him. Quite a powerful passage. We can look at it in the past and say that and we can see how it goes through. She didn't see that, but it's faith. Wow, what a story. What a story. So, what do you guys think of 1 Samuel? Let's pray. Father, thank You for this evening. Thank You for the, Your Word of truth. And may it ever be on our hearts how You work. Even though we don't see it, Lord, we come to You in prayer asking for Your will to be done. And when that happens, all praise, all glory goes to You because Your will is being worked out. And may we get a glimpse of it when that happens. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.